0: Whatcha matter, Rosh? <laughs> Are you not thrilled with today's selection? I've got three words for you uh-huh. box office bomb. Oh my god! Uh, this uh- is not a romance, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> You're so wrong about that! Guys, when I tell you I don't remember this movie, I mean it. <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> And you just, a whole new understanding and wave of horror came over you. I know what Thumbelina is, I know what she looks like, but this whole time I thought it was Fern Gully. <laughs> I do not remember this movie. <sighs> I do now. Why oh, do now? Yeah, I wonder what childhood memory you lost making room for this. More like the childhood memory I gained. Yeah, no kidding. Like What? <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where nothing is impossible if you follow your heart or you'll get kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 1994 Don Bluth animated film Thumbelina. This is not a romance. Yes, it is. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, or is that tomorrow? No. Is I, this the 13th? I think it's the 13th. Uh, that th- this is coming out on? <laughs> hello from the past, everybody. Yeah, hello from the past. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at KickNStream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the movie. I know. (laughs) You can write the show at KickingAndStreamingPodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And please don't forget, folks, be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. Folks, we want everyone to come and join this little watch party we've got going on here. And don't forget to go check out the Patreon. Guys, there has never been a better time to give us your money. Pretty please. For just $5 a month, you too can be a little onion contributor at the $5 level. Guys, you're getting access to all of our long-form coverage, all of our television coverage, all of our, you know, shooting the shit with Carrie and Ross, maybe a little criticism, maybe a little this, maybe a little of that. Mm -hmm. You won't know until you become that little onion contributor. And guys, if you want access to our full catalog of main feed goodness, you go on over to our Podbean page. There you can get a custom RSS link and listen in any Player of your choosing. <sighs> I don't get you. <laughs> this is not a romance. <laughs> it is at like the beginning and the end. The rest, it's a tragedy. <laughs> okay. It's a crime. I know, I know. Uh. You will make your case throughout, I'm sure.
1: I love love stories, don't you? Once upon a time, in a land far, far away. I'm the She's a bloody little squirrel. A very small girl, no bigger than a thumb. I wish I were big. Don't ever wish to be anything but what you are. Had an impossible dream of finding her one true love. Let me be your only love. We'll live happily ever after. But before her fairy prince could claim her heart. She's gonna marry the fairy prince. Well, perhaps. She was stolen from her home. Thumbelina is gone. Who did it? A toad. And lost to a very big world. I'll find her. You are going to marry my son? Oh, no, no, no. Thumbelina! I hear that she loves the fairy prince, right? Are you real? to marry the fairy prince? Yes. (laughs) Well, then, follow your heart. It will lead you home. You're sure to do impossible. From the enchanting pages of Hans Christian Andersen's storybook classic and the imagination of Don Bluth, director of an American tale, comes a magical ride in a world brought to life by the music of Barry Manilow. Oh, Thumbelina. I love great romances. Thumbelina. Nothing is impossible if you follow your heart. A lovely story.
0: This movie had a $28 million budget. Yeah? It made $17 million. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. I don't need to hear it. You were two. I was two years old. You were actually still one when this movie came out. Yeah, this was a big year for animation because Lion King also came out that year. mm Yep. And so there are a lot of things that probably overshadowed this when it came right down to it. You want to talk about Don Bluth? Of course I want to talk about Don Bluth. Don Bluth is a American film director and animator, also a production designer. You know how I love me a production designer. Oh yeah, because Don Bluth movies, especially if they have humans in them, kind of look the same. Yeah, no, guys. He can only draw one leading man. <laughs> Dimitri from Anastasia, The Prince from this, and what's the other one? Uh, from Titan A.E. Yeah, whatever. Titan A.E. It's all the same character, it, guys. It's all white guys with the <laughs> floppy 90s hair. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Don't get me wrong. I love me a 90s boy. Uh-huh. I love me a 90s boy, but... Don Bluth had so much to do with, you know, forming who I am as a person. Oh, you don't say, guys. The Secret of NIMH. Yeah. Carrie Ann Favorite. An American Tale. Carrie Ann Favorite. Yep. All dogs go to heaven. A Carrie Anne favorite. Yep. What? How? What would you say when you were a kid? All dogs go to Bob Evans. Yeah. <laughs> Mom thought that was. We're a so middle America. It hurts. <laughs> Guys, Anastasia, a Carrie Ann Ross favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Land Before Time, a mm-hmm. Carrie Ann favorite. Yeah. Yeah, no, Don Bluth has a special place in Carrie Ann's heart. And this is, I'm sure, why, you know, this This was her pick. Don Bluth has, you know, one of the biggest hands in the Disney Renaissance. Renaissance? <laughs> Renaissance. Who did I just become? <laughs> Don Bluth has a huge hand in the Disney renaissance of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Mm. He used to work for them, and then he kind of broke away and started doing his own thing. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Don Bluth Studios. <laughs> Guys, this is based off of a Hans Christian Andersen story. Yeah. You were like Hans Christian who? From 1835. Yeah. Wow. There's something about the Danish. Yeah, I know. You know, they got <laughs> they got some fucked up tales going on. Hans? You know the story of the original little mermaid? Right, she doesn't marry the prince at the end. It's scurry. Yeah, it's scurry. <laughs> not only does she not marry the prince at the end, but he, like, laughs at her, splits her fins into two, like, legs-looking things, and then she turns into seafoam and dies. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's so awful! In, in addition to this being a Disney adaptation... It's also going to be a musical. Yeah. You just know it is. (laughs) And, guys. Oh, I came into some new information today. This is. This blows my mind. (laughs) Acclaimed singer songwriter. Barry Manilow (laughs) composed the entire score to this film. I. He won a Razzie Award for it. Yeah, the the Razzie Awards, if you don't know, are movies that are bad. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you give them for the bad job. Very, very bad. I love the music to this movie for the most part, though. Like, yeah. I'm annoyed, but like. I know. I know that it's not exactly the Little Mermaid soundtrack. It's It's just like Manilow? Yeah, but Barry Manilow. Oh. Oh, Mandy, well, you came, came and you stopped, you stopped me, me from shaking. <laughs> that song had white people by the balls for like two decades. But you sent me away, away, away. oh, man, quagmire. oh, quagmire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. When Barry Manilow guest starred on Family Guy. Yeah, and sang Mandy to quagmire. <sighs> Poor Barry. I know. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, guys. You might have guessed it. Oh boy. Do we have names? We do. Some of our voiceover favorites. Guys, playing the tiny young girl, Thumbelina. We have Jodie Benson. Speaking of The Little Mermaid. Yeah, I was going to say, a Disney legacy voice, Jodie Benson. She is the original voice from 1989's The Little Mermaid. The beginning of the Disney renaissance. Yes, baby. Mm -hmm. Don Bluth was like, I know exactly who I want for this. Uh, Jodie Benson, I believe this is her first time visiting, Mm -hmm. kicking, and streaming. She's also the voice of Barbie in the Toy Story franchise. I'm tour guide Barbie. (laughs) Are they gone? Is everybody gone? Good (laughs) Owner of one of the most gorgeous singing voices In existence She also voices Belle from Beauty and the Beast on House of Mouse Wow really I know She's a Disney legend uh, Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. Yep. Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure. <laughs> Balto Wolf Quest. Yeah, why are you putting her in all the sequels? Yeah, I, she's also an enchanted. Yes. She's Patrick Dempsey's assistant. Of course she is. Guys, voicing Prince Cornelius, the fairy prince, the Dimitri fairy. Yeah, the Dimitri fairy. <laughs> we have Gary Imhoff. Um, not very well known. He was Curtis Estabrook on Falcon Crest. <laughs> For those of you who are above the age of 40. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, no, oh my god. He's also Harry Osborne in the 1994 Spider-Man animated TV series. Hey. Yeah. I'm in love with his voice. I just kind of am. Oh, he was in the Green Mile? Wait, really? Yeah. Who would he play? Husband at Dell's execution. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know. Listen, there were a lot of people yelling in that scene. No. I don't, I don't remember him in particular. Guys voicing Grundle, <laughs> the Toad. We have Joe Lynch. Um, Joe Lynch has been in other things. Yeah, he has. Mostly from like the sixties. Yeah, no, he's just like. <laughs> He's just—he's a Spanish toad. Have you ever heard of anything called Chorlton and the Wheelies? No, actually. It is an animated TV series from the late '70s. I believe you. Good on, <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Joe. Um, fuck Grundle. Um, oh no, yeah, Grundle's the worst. Uh, voice mm, Oh, I know. Voicing our narrator, <laughs> our narrator character, Giacomo. <laughs> the. French singing swallow. I love Giacomo. F- fuck Giacomo. Okay. And we'll talk about why. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Gino Conforti. Ooh. Um. He's Felipe Gomez from Three's Company. Great. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Yeah, sure to do impossible things. I know you're already sick of it. Voicing Berkeley Beetle. <laughs> We've got Gilbert Gottfried here with us. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, guys. I'll talk more about the beetle. <laughs> yeah, you will. When we get there. I know. Um Gilbert's been with us at least once. Well, he was Iago in Aladdin. We know that. Yeah. Um, he's Crank Subprime in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And he was with us when we did Nick November. Very briefly, as the voice of the Aflac Duck featured in Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. But the Aflac Duck is from the Aflac Insurance commercials. Yes. When he hits my clitoris! He's, when he reads Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh yeah. my god. I think that's a college humor. It is a college I, humor I, bit. I, 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 yeah. Guys, <laughs> please welcome her to Kicking and Streaming. Miss Carol Channing, R.I.P. Aw, Miss Carol Channing. She's the one that talks like this. <laughs> yeah, the one who's <laughs> like, I, on that family guy bit when she's like, I'm gonna bop you, young man. Guys, Carol Channing is thoroughly famous. Yeah. Like. She got her she got her start on Broadway in things like Hello Dolly and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Um, How upsetting that the song she sings in this movie won a Razzie! I know. I'm sure she was like, "Oh." She sings the most memorable song from this movie. I know, guys. Uh. We love her as the overhead lamp, not the overhead fan lamp. In the Brave Little Toaster saga. Oh my god! No, that's just Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. Yeah, because they Because t- that's how they get there. They t- is from a ceiling fan attached to the bottom of a laundry basket. We, we must yeah, do we Brave to. Little Toaster we, this year. We have to. Oh my god. Oh my god. Talk about talk about film of the absurd. Alright. She play and she is voicing Miss Field Mouse. Fuck her. I know. Um, yeah, no, Ross hates everyone in this movie. But Thumbelina. But Thumbelina. Yes. No, it, it, it's wrong. It's wrong what's happened to Thumbelina. <laughs> yeah. Voicing Mr. Mole... In a completely left-move casting decision. <laughs> Fuck Mr. Mole. Uh, we've got Sir John Hurt. He, of course, f- is most famously uh, Mr. Garrick Ollivander from the Harry Potter saga. Guys, oh, he was in, uh, oh, he was in Jackie. He's, he's a priest in Jackie. Yeah. This piano was designed by Franklin Roosevelt <laughs> with, with the eagle, eagle support. support. He's in Hellboy, V for Vendetta, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, voicing Thumbelina's mother, that selfish, selfish woman hey. who did not need to create her. Anyway, to exist at one thirty-six scale. Um, <laughs> we have Barbara Cook. Bar- Barbara Cook is also notable for Broadway roles such mm-hmm. as the Music Man, played in Fancy. Oh, Condi- she's got that huge vibrato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's also a Sondheim favorite. Hey, apparently they were buddies. Playing herself, we have Charo. Yeah, does she? Okay, hold on. Okay, she's playing Mrs. Toad, Grundle's mother. Grundle. <sighs> <laughs> Fuck the tones. I like, know, yeah, the tones are bad. Like <laughs> Char- are bad people. Uh Charo Charo How? is a musician. She's from she's from Spain originally. She's a she was a flamenco dancer, a flamenco guitarist. She was she was on the Johnny Carson show a lot in the she, 1970s and she, 80s. She was a huge hit. People loved her whole affect and her energy and obviously she has a very unique you know speaking voice uh a couple more mentions here voicing king colbert we have kenneth mars oh he's franz liebkind in the original producers ah that's great yeah he's also he's also kemp in young frankenstein so he's a mel brooks favorite what a weird oh he's in radio days you know i love radio days uh june foray is voicing queen tabitha Yeah, I know. What? She's been with us before. Has she really? She's granny in Space Jam. Is she really? Yeah, and she. I think she was also the voice of uh, Rocky the Squirrel, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, <laughs> she was the original Sandy Lulu. Yeah, oh she's a voice acting god. legend. Oh my god! Uh, hey. Actual royalty. Hi, June Foray. Actual voice acting royalty. We've got lots of good people here with us today, and guys, we absolutely must delve in. Yeah, we must. Like it, it's a it's an eighty-six minute movie, and you and I both have pages and pages of notes. I wrote. Oh boy, here we go. Oh, thumb People Romance. <laughs> thumb People Romance. As those credits are opening up, I'm like, Hans Christian Andersen? Yeah. Really? Don Bluth presents Hans Christian Andersen's Thumbelina. <laughs> I wrote, oh, Don Bluth, that's why it looks the way it looks. Oh, I love it, though. <laughs> and I wrote, in all caps, oh, and it's Manalo too. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, exactly. This animation style that flexes back between 2D and 3D I like. Yeah, because they, they, they were really experimenting with 3D in the mid-90s.
1: If <laughs> <laughs> you follow your heart When you follow
0: your heart Hello Welcome to Paris, city of love. I wrote, oh, I see Notre Dame. Yeah. And then I wrote French pigeon? No, he's a swallow. This is fucking Giacomo the singing swallow telling us to follow our heart and Uh nothing will be impossible if we do. No, yeah, Giacomo is going to be our narrator of sorts. He's an adorable swallow, in my opinion. A swallow of great passion, huh? Uh Uh-huh. That sounds nasty. (laughs) swallows are birds that are associated with love he loves love he's in love with romance and all that fun stuff well he's distracted he is distracted okay yeah he is in a reading room surrounded by all these books all these great romances famous stories like Samson and Delilah not a great romance in my opinion <laughs> neither is this but continue and shut up <laughs> Del- and like Romeo and Juliet and, and then he's like well let's talk about the tiniest romance Of all, and this this huge library, and then there's this itty bitty, teeny weeny little storybook, and I wrote, "How many have seen opening the book before?" Yeah, yeah. The book is 3D. I do love that. It looks really cool. But the most impossible of all the stories is
1: impossibly small. The story of Thumbelina. Once upon a time, there was a lonely woman who longed to have a child to call
0: her own. And so we learn about this old woman who does not get a name. She will henceforth be known as Thumbelina's mother. And she really wants a child, but she's older. She's obviously not carrying a child at her age. We get it. Yeah, like, yeah. so She's she goes to a witch a powerful witch and... Wrong choice. Yeah, no. <laughs> Asks her for a spell to give her a child. And instead, she gets a kernel of barleycorn instead. And I would be looking at that witch like, are you shitting me? This lady grew a barleycorn flower from a witch, and it produced a thumb person. Oh yeah, that's the thing because the barleycorn she plants it, and it grows into this beautiful red flower. And when it blooms and unfurls, there's like a fully formed, tiny, sixteen-year-old girl inside. The way she looks up at her-, her and goes, "Hello, mother." Yeah. What? <laughs> it's magic, Ross. Right? Okay.
1: Hello, mother. call you Thumbelina. Thumbelina? But can you imagine the troubles for a little girl? No bigger than your thumb.
0: Hmm? I have in all capital letters. She's so pretty. Aw oh, shit, we on a farm and we singing. Oh god. Thumbelina! <laughs> Barry, what? Yeah, no, this song is really annoying at the beginning because we're just singing about tiny little Thumbelina, right? She is someone who lives at 136 scale to everything else. I can't believe mom lets her go outside at all. Like, the barnyard animals obviously know not to eat her, but, like, how is she not afraid of her getting, like, snapped up by a raptor or something like that? The color scheme on these animals, I swear. It's ridiculous. It must be France. A lot of them are wearing clothing. (laughs) Thumbelina! She's a funny little squirt.
1: Thumbelina! Tiny angel in a skirt. Thumbelina! First she's bending, then making, Pretending, she's making things up!
0: Thumbelina! <laughs> and you know what, Carrie? This is a hazard. It is a this hazard. This a hazard. I wrote, fuck that old lady. This is wrong of her. <laughs> she has to exist being two inches tall. And being the only person she knows who looks like her, right? Yeah. And like, I love the line from that song that's like, Who would believe the wonder of the world I see? Each little minute brings a new surprise.
1: There's only one peculiar thing that bothers me. She
0: Of Jody Jodie Benson. Yeah, no, she's good. She, she, she does a great job. Well, like, I know you're irritated through most of this, but doesn't she kind of put a bomb on that irritated feeling? No, that's feeling? the thing, Carrie. I stand Thumbelina. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> here for her. Uh-huh. But not for anyone else. <laughs> You've got a problem with every other person in this movie. I know, j- <sighs> I know. Oh, I know. Her, her, her. And like you said, she wants to hear a bedtime story that night about... Little people, people who look like her, and thumb people, thumb people, so <laughs> fairies. Yeah, no, this is where Mom tells her about fairies, and it's really kind of sad because you get the sense that Thumbelina knows on some level that she's never going to be able to find love and have a person in her life because there's no one else that looks like her. We've already got singing animals wearing clothes, but the idea of fairies being real is just too much. <laughs> yeah, I guess. She <laughs> says, I must be the only little person in the world. I wish I were big. And and I wrote, I must be the only big fat queer person in the world. I wish I were straight. <laughs> like... Well, that's
1: not fair. I... I I must be the only little person in the whole world. I wish I were big. Oh, no, Thumbelina. No.
0: Don't ever wish to be anything but what you are. No, but listen, I know you don't like the mom, but I do love how the mom's like, no, 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 you don't wish to be anything other than who you are. You know what? She's right. But she's also the product of dark magic. Okay, fine. Listen, Ross, many of us didn't ask to be born, okay? Okay. (laughs) But she's here now. That bed is insulting. Oh, no, because the mom obviously got a bassinet (laughs) expecting an actual baby. And instead, she's just fashioned this little walnut shell to put in the bassinet for Thumbelina to sleep in. Oh, God, I feel a song coming on. Oh, yeah, because she's like, Mom, will you leave the book open next to me on the table so I can see the pictures? Mm-hmm. And, like, as soon as Mom leaves the room, she's out of bed again, yeah, looking at the pictures and daydreaming. This song is called Soon. I know there's song. I like the feeling that her voice is so amplified and the music is too, because mm-hmm. she's so small. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like she's playing an empty Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, I know, like, with no one in it. Yeah. Like, it like the mu- that's how all of the singing is. It's very amplified. Like yeah. I'm in a room alone with them. You know, and this is a standard song slot for any animated movie in the '90s. This is the song about wishing and hoping, hoping. And, and, thinking and thinking and praying. praying. Yeah, yeah, planning and dreaming <laughs> and like just uh, forget that her voice is gorgeous the animation is gorgeous when she's looking at these fairy prince and princess in this book you Mm -hmm. know and she's standing in front of the fairy princess pretending to smooch the fairy prince and i'm like she's gonna end up being the fairy princess at the end isn't she (laughs) So you've seen a movie before. <laughs> no, but like, what I, I, the only way I can think to qualify it, the way that Don Bluth's animating style touches me so much, again, I don't know how to qualify this, but something about the way, especially the female characters move, the care he gives to their design and how they move makes me feel like he really loves women. It's their faces. Yeah, like... Like, when she's thinking about fairies, and she's like, hmm... Mm, Yeah, You know, like, the movements her face is doing, it's like, for a second there, you lose yourself. It's like, I'm watching a real person having a reaction. Yeah, But no, it is indeed animated. (laughs) But she goes, I wonder if there really are such things as fairies. And we zoom out into the night sky. I'm like, there were. Yes, there (laughs) (laughs) were. Ron Howard, there were. There were. And so, yeah. We go to... Into the woods with sparkles we go. Yeah, no, into the woods. Into the woods. For a minute, I thought these were rejuvenating sparkles. No, they're changing the season. Yeah, the fairies, the whole royal court of fairies is out and about changing the colors of the leaves. So we got King Culbert and Queen Tabitha here, such regular names for fairies. Don't
1: look now, dear husband, but our son is missing again.
0: So he is.
1: Colbert, my love, it is the autumn today, and we've begun the golding of the leaves. He should be here. Tabitha. He'll hurt himself. I just hope he's not out buzzing the veils on that wretched bumblebee.
0: And uh, Tabitha and whatever the hell you just said. Colbert. Colbert. (laughs) Colbert and Tabitha are fussy because their fairy prince son is not present for the changing of the leaves. Yeah, he's too busy off being a peeping Tom riding a bumblebee. (laughs) buzzbee, his bumble. And you're right, he is out exploring peeping in windows because he can hear Thumbelina singing to herself. And he's like, ooh, that sounds pretty. Why do these romances always seem to start with a man pushing in? Uh, yeah, like this yeah. is harassment. It like, is it's it's kind like... of harassment. But listen, Cornelius—that's his name, Cornelius. I wrote Cornelius. Yeah, no, Cornelius <laughs> is a good bean. Okay. Okay, he, yeah. He's but, a sixteen-year-old kid. But she's trying to go to sleep, asshole. Yeah, like, no. The animation detail on his wings is chef's kiss exquisite yeah i know when he's trying to entice she goes to run and hide in the teapot yeah and he's trying to coax her out of it and when she finally does and he tells her his name is cornelius she goes that's a funny name I'm like so is fucking thumbelina <laughs> yeah no but whatever thumbelina oh
1: it's a lovely name thank you i'm
0: cornelius
1: Cornelius. <laughs> well, that's a
0: funny name.
1: Oh, I I mean, it's perfect.
0: Thumbelina, that's a pretty name. And I wrote, he's lying. And he's telling her about, yeah, I'm a fairy, fairies are real, and there's a fairy kingdom. And when she goes, is there a prince? Oh, no. And the look on his face when he goes... Yes. He lies at first. He doesn't tell her immediately that he's the prince, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of nice. He probably doesn't want her to be like, ooh, a prince. Like, she wants, he wants her to like him for him. And, oh, God, she's going to go for a spin on the bumblebee. This is the whole new world type of song, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. He puts her on the back of the bumblebee and, guys. She left her dregs in her teapot and her clothes hanging out on a thread. Oh. Uh... Yeah, I'm making a Sarah Evans joke. you got the suds in the bucket and the clothes hanging out on the line. Anyway, guys, this song permanently altered my brain chemistry. have been a lucker, looker, smooth-talking son of a gun. Sorry. <laughs> guys, this whole song, this whole sequence... Permanently altered my brain chemistry. Shut up! I, like, I, I, uh, I, I, no. How what, very dare you? Your brain chemistry. Yeah, like, they're so in love, so immediately. It's very them, right? Too bad it will be all downhill from here. Oh, I know. Let me be your
1: wings. Let me be your only love. Let me take you far beyond the stars. be your wings let me lift you high above everything we're dreaming of will soon
0: makes me feel all floaty. I do get it. Let me be your wings. Let me be your only love. I said we're already serenading. Like, this is splendid, but it's happening so fast. Well, yeah, it's an 86-minute movie. This we is, gotta get to it. This is when I wrote Gross, just found out the voice actor of the prince is a Scientologist. Oh, no, really? I know. You're gonna bring that up right now? I'm not gonna not ruin that for you. <laughs> <laughs> like even the animation is elevated like you could tell they spent a lot of time on these frames mm-hmm. and they're holding hands and looking into each other's eyes and touching foreheads and i can't stand it we'll see the universe and They do happen by a little barge, don't they? Mm -hmm. For a second. It's where we see the toads for the first time. Oh, God. The the Spanish toads. Yeah, I know. Led by their their leader and mother, Charo the toad. Yeah. Ay, pero que voz más bonita. This voice is fantastica. Mom, I love her. One of the things that is very annoying about this movie is that Everybody is instantly falling in love with Thumbelina when they meet her. Mm. Not just Cornelius. On that, when they when they go by the houseboat with all the frogs on it, <laughs> Mrs. Toad's oldest son. Grundle. Grundle. Jesus. Instantly falls in love when he hears Thumbelina sing, right? Yeah. And Ms. Toad herself is like, ooh, pretty voice. Yeah. Because they have a little sideshow, right? Yeah. A little traveling sideshow. Mm. And she wants Thumbelina to be in the show. When he takes her back to the house mm-hmm. and they exchange gifts to remember each other by, he gives her one of his rings yeah. and she gives him a, like a necklace of forget-me-nots that she had around her hair. Like a daisy chain. Yeah. It's very sweet. And this is where he comes clean about being the fairy prince, right? Uh-oh, he's the prince. And the queen might think of Thumbelina as a wretched wingless little thing. <gasps> Oh, Ross, you're right. Yeah. Oh, my God, because he was like, I want you to meet my parents, but I have to go talk to them first? Yeah. Like, Is that what that conversation was about? Yeah, no, he's definitely going to be like, listen, she's just a thumb person. Like, yeah. she's not a fairy. She doesn't have wings. Like, how are fairies born in this universe? Obviously not from barley barleycorn flowers. Like- well, well, we'll come back to that. That's all I'm saying. Is there something to come back to on that? I think so. There is. Ooh, okay. Whatever. And like, she's like, well, shit, I was already in love with you, but you're a fairy prince. Hell yeah. Okay. And so he promises to come back for her. He's and- like, I gotta go make, I gotta go make sure my parents are cool. Yeah. And then I'll come back. Uh, this is where I wrote another intruder. Oh my God. Okay. So he leaves. Thumbelina goes to bed. And Mama Toad comes hippity-hopping in the window, mm-hmm. all in cloak and dagger. And this is where we failed to mention the family dog. Oh yeah, Hero. Hero. Listen. <laughs> yeah? Why does the dog change color? Because of the lighting, and you know that. I don't think so. Okay, oh, You think it's just inconsistent? His color scheme is gold-brown. Yeah. In the beginning. It turns to purple green for no reason by this scene. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I think it's because it's nighttime, but whatever. Hero is literally Thumbelina's watchdog. Yeah, like and- he is there to protect her in his in her mother's absence. And listen, Hero does his damnedest.
1: Hero. Hero. Help me! Oh,
0: girl, a dog.
1: Oh, I, get away from me!
0: To step in, but she manages to snap that walnut shell closed with Thumbelina inside and hippity hop back up to the window and take off down the creek. It's the Charo Toad! Not the Charo Toad! Oh my god. Sorry, no. No. And Ma's all distraught and Oh yeah. Cornelius comes back the next morning with an armful of presents for Thumbelina. And if you hadn't guessed, fairies can't speak dog. Yeah, I guess. He he gets in and he sees all the chaos and gets Hero to tell him what happened like he's Lassie and little Timmy is stuck at the bottom of the well.
1: Where is she? Or What? What happened? She was stolen away? Out the window? Who did it?
0: Uh, A toad? Good dog. This is where I wrote, I know I need to get over myself. It's a fantasy animation. I keep pointing <laughs> out all of these things, and yeah. I'm like, Ross, it's a kid's movie. Don't be jaded about it. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Los sapos guapos. Oh, the sapos guapos. Okay, so we're back on the houseboat, right, where mm-hmm. the frogs live. This houseboat is like on. It's located on a pond that's near the farmhouse. <laughs> so they actually haven't gone that far from the farmhouse. They're probably... 50 yards from the farmhouse. And they will probably never get farther. Yeah, well... Not really. Not really. And, like, this is not the first time that Thumbelina will be waking up in a strange place. You know what I'm saying? I I do. I do know what you are saying. (laughs) She, She wakes up on the houseboat and Kidnapped. She, yeah. There, this has been a kidnapping. Yeah. She has been, she has been toadnapped or this, whatever. This is wrongful imprisonment. It is actually. Yeah, like, but Charo is putting on all the glitz, right? I'm sorry. I'm not calling her Mrs. Toad. It's Charo. <laughs> it's Charo. Charo is promising Thumbelina fame and fortune if she joins the act. Oh my God. Because she's trying to say, you know, if you marry that prince, you'll just end up being his slave and cooking and cleaning and taking yeah. care of his bra- which is absurd. She's a, a said, prince. She said your life will be boring. And I'm like, she's going to be queen of the fairies one day. Yeah, wait, for
1: wait, real. Wait, what? The scrubbings and the washings and the noses with the drippings and the sopas always boiling. Si, si. The panes and windows falling with the diapers changing with the roof chips leaking and the enchiladas spoiling. Do you know how to do these things? Like
0: you will have to do these things or does the very top of it make you win? Uh. I felt so. I listen. I. <laughs> I said this is so fast, and and I. This is where I wrote. I can hardly take these notes anymore. It's so fast. <laughs> oh no, yeah. On cuz we've come to on the road. Yeah. This is where the frogs are explaining who they are, what they're about, and the Caucasian way. Thumbelina says, "Could you say that a little slower?" I wrote, "Is this insensitive like in any way?" Yes it is. On both Thumbelina's part and the toads. Like <laughs> Yeah, they did kidnap her. My favorite part though is when she's like trying to get her to sing. To, to show the rest of the animals on the pond her pipes. Mm-hmm. And, like, Thumbelina won't do it. And Chara goes, now I make her sing. And steps on her foot. Yeah.
1: Thumbelina. Something, Thumbelina. Now I make her sing. <coughs>
0: makes me bust every time. At the end of all the chaos where she's on the lily pad. Yeah, they've set her out on the lily pad. And she's sitting there on her ass and she just cries out, doesn't anybody care what I think? No, absolutely not. I wrote, this will be the theme. It will. (laughs) You're absolutely right about that because they just float away in the boat. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're pretty convinced that she's not going to be able to get away. (laughs) Because lily pads are attached to the bottom of the pond, right? Exactly. And she's not swimming to the edge. No. That's like crossing the English Channel. Yeah, she can't swim. Like, (laughs) She's a thumb person. She'll get eaten by a fish. Exactly. This is where... (laughs) It's where Giacomo, the narrator, shows back up. This is where he comes into the story. Because naturally... He hears her screaming for help, and he drops down on a cattail and listens to her whole sob story. Thumbelina tells Giacomo that she was fucking kidnapped, and it doesn't feel good, you know? Yeah. It doesn't feel so good about it. Oh, little one,
1: are you having a bad day? Oh, I was, I was sleeping on my windowsill, uh-huh. waiting for Prince Cornelius to come back, and he said he would come before morning because he loves me, and... Uh-huh. He loves you. Yes. Congratulations! Uh, thanks. But, well, but I was stolen away by Mrs. Toad, who uh, says I have to marry her son, uh, and I just...
0: Uh, toad! Toad! And nothing is impossible with Giacomo, right? Oh, man. Okay, this is, this is going... I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I have to explain. Okay. I don't like Giacomo. He's a fucking asshole. Why? Because... Nothing is impossible with Giacomo, right? Except flying her ass back home! You know what, Ross? You are right. That asshole doesn't just fly her home. That fucking asshole lets her get into more trouble. Because what he does is he dives under the water and detaches the lily pad from the bottom of the pond. And sends it revening towards a waterfall. She's just floating towards a waterfall. And I'm like, Giacomo, swoop down there and pick her up. No, doesn't do it once. He's just tugging on the lily pad. I'm like, you have fucking wings, you asshole. Pick her up in your feet and fly her home. Which is... (laughs) literally yards that way. I know, I know. It's infuriating. I'm sorry that I'm yelling at you guys. I'm really sorry. It just (laughs) really infuriated me. And thankfully, thank God for the river folk. Oh no, it takes like the entire food chain of nearby animals to get her to safety on that bank. Stupid swallowing songbird. Like, this is also where we meet the jitterbugs. The jitterbugs. Sorry. Yeah, the jitterbugs are just the little buggies that live in the vicinity of the pond. Also creatures capable of flight. Yeah, capable <laughs> fucking assholes. Well, they're not big enough to carry her home, and you know that. No, they, if they banded together, they could be carry. Do you see where I wrote, literally just fly her home. It's <laughs> so simple.
1: If only I could find my way home. Oh, we'll help you, Thumbelina. Yeah, nobody will hurt you, Thumbelina. Yeah. Well, that's on the job, right? Right. Oh, you are all very brave. <laughs> Thank you, but... I'm afraid I'll never see my home again.
0: Why are we being so defeatist? And then I wrote not another song. Oh, now come on. She's despairing because she knows she'll never see her hot new winged boyfriend again, right? And like (laughs) Giacomo tells her. That he will find the veil of the Fairies for her to get Cornelius and bring him to her so she can be rescued. No. Again, not to put too fine a point on this, but Giacomo could have just flown her. Literally home. just flow her. Just literally just fly her home. And guys, we get it. Oh my there god. There would be no narrative yeah, if I know. Giacomo just did that.
1: But, but Giacomo
0: will continue to be unhelpful yeah. for the remainder of this. Because his advice to her is what, Ross? Nothing is impossible if you follow your fucking heart. You're sure to do impossible things if you follow your heart.
1: (laughs) Your dreams will fly on magical wings when you follow your heart.
0: This song is cute, okay? Follow your heart. Trust your ticker, get there quicker, or you could just fly. But well, I feel <laughs> so bad for this bitch. I know. She's been kidnapped by performing slaving toads. Yeah. Now she has a whole bug village who will not help her get home, and they're just singing at her. Oh, no. The thing that I find hysterical about this song is that it turns into a can-can number. All these tinier birds in wigs and skirts are kicking their feet. It's Don, amazing. Don Bluth is just like hard for a can-can. Yeah, it's it's an, it. It's in almost every movie that he does. <laughs> Where they're singing can-can. and dancing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're to do Meanwhile, Cornelius, the fairy prince, is begging his parents to hold off on the winter frost, right? So okay, he... they can't control that. Yes, they can, Ross. L- they literally control the changing of the seasons. Okay, well, if they can control that, they are also fucking assholes because they let winter happen. Okay, I mean, sure. I mean, the queen says that they can only hold it off for a day, so it doesn't sound like they have total control. I mean, I think she's just like, we need to do what's best for the planet, not necessarily our son's, you know, flight of fancy with this young woman, right? Fine, whatever. But the thing is, is that he has to find her before the frost or she will die and he will not be able to look for her. I imagine the frost makes it difficult for the fairies to fly. Like, it's time to be underground or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And Grundle himself also sets off on his own mission to recapture Thumbelina. Yeah, no, Grundle's got some issues. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, but, like, he's vowing to forcibly marry Thumbelina. He feels entitled to her. And I don't get it. Like, so great, that's a second man after her. Find some other frog, like... This is a thumb person, leave this thumb person alone. Oh my god! And Carrie? Yeah? Carrie? I know! Carrie? (laughs) We have to talk about Berkeley Beetle, guys. Carrie, I cannot tell you how scared I was Uh when this thing came on screen. (laughs) I wrote, oh no, this character is scaring the fuck out of me, (laughs) and to make matters worse, it's Gilbert Gottfried!
1: (laughs) Hiya, Dutch. Beetle's my name, and Razzmatazz is my game. How do you do? How you feeling? Everything okay? I'm not your toots. Where did you come from? Where? Up there. I'm a connoisseur of sweet nectars, a designer of rare threads, and a judge of beautiful women. And you
0: are beautiful. Not this lecherous little beetle, Carrie. The way he looks, the way he's drawn and the way he moves, uh-huh. my mouth was wide open, my brow was furrowed for about five minutes. <laughs> you I know was why? Like, oh, you, oh, I don't like it. It's you, scary. You know why you felt that way, right? Why is that? Because you hate this character, but he looks like our drag performer friend Beelzebub in drag. I mean, I don't think that's why I'm scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes you uncomfy because you're like makes me uncomfy but also looks like my friend no not at all that, <laughs> okay. that, that did not come into it but <laughs> they love this movie by the way this movie was very formative for babe I mean I guess I can see why yeah <laughs> I guess I can see why. <laughs> But listen, Carrie, all of these people are just harming her and taking her away to perform in their shows. I think it's great that his first name is Berkeley, as in Busby, Busby Berkeley. Berkeley, the choreographer. Yeah, the slave-driving choreographer from MGM. You're going to be a star, kid. Uh... That kind of energy. Except he's voiced by Gilbert Gottfried, which just comes with the nasally, occlusive vocals the likes of which we'll never see again. I have an idea. Can you fly me up there? Um, why should I, Toots?
1: Well, from the treetops, I could see my house. Then I'd know if I'm traveling in the right direction to get home. Ah, gee, I don't know. That would be a big, big, oh, very big favor. I'll sing. I'll sing for you. No, no, you'll sing at the beetle Ball. And then...
0: Everyone in this movie is after her voice and the beetle is no exception, right? Mhm. He- Picks her up, he's gonna take her She wants him to fly her into the trees So she can see the way home And he's like, only if you're in my show, kid I'm glad everyone thinks she's so talented But why do we need to curb her of her free will? I know And she also just goes along with most of it She's desperate, Ross She's never been outside the farm And then, like, you know, this number starts happening Up at the Beetle Club or whatever Yeah, he flies her up into this rock formation Where the Beetle Ball is taking place place i said yep this is manilow oh. <laughs> this is definitely the nightclub number right baby it's the beetle ball and bucks are crawling to
1: get in when they hear that beetle beat those beetle beetles feet start to spin and how to cheer for you my dear you're beautiful baby
0: truly does scare the fuck out of me (laughs) even in the number even in the number like and also Thumbelina in the red okay so hold on hold on hold on pause first of all this song is called you beautiful baby (gasps) right and like it's worth noting at this time that Thumbelina's not out there strictly as herself they've got her trust up to look like a beetle. She has this huge gown on with colorful fake wings, this amazing headpiece that I'd love to see incorporated into a drag number at some point. And the audience is making comments about how hot she is because she looks like a beetle. And like, of course. (laughs) Carrie, this is terrifying. I know it's terrifying. (laughs) With the ha-ha-hee-hee-ho-ho. Oh yeah, no, Gilbert Gottfried is almost singing. Yeah. I get a bite
1: when I have you on my wing. By my antennae in a knot. Now the room's reeling and I'm feeling so ha 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 ha, ha 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 hot to trot
0: And then the thing is, is that he goes to pull her into a spin And he's like, we gotta dance. And she's like, what do you mean? I can't dance. Like, I can't dance. I don't have any wings. And then he spins her, and the whole costume comes off. So now she just looks like a thumb person again, right? And then everyone immediately tears into her appearance. Oh, they turn on her.
1: She's hurting my
0: feelings! Hey. I hope don't catch him. <laughs> I know! God ah, damn! It's bad! And then when the audience turns on her, so does the beetle! Everyone in this movie is a psychopath and I can barely pay attention anymore. Oh, Ross, it breaks me when he's like, I'm sorry, toots, I guess you're just too ugly! And she's like... Don't worry. You'll get over me. I'm ugly? I'm ugly? Yeah. Like, my heart breaks right in half. I can't. Her poor little face. And you know what? I'm glad Jackimo gets injured. Okay, so he's he's interrupting a chase scene between a fox and a rabbit. I feel like we're interrupting another Hans Christian Andersen tale. Yeah, I feel like it, yeah. I, I don't know which one it is, but, like, he just he's going from the rabbit to the fox, asking, do you know where the veil of the fairies is? And the fox throws him off his face and Giacomo falls into a bramble bush and gets a thorn stuck in his wing. Ha! (laughs) Asshole! Which is definitely gonna slow him down quite a bit, right? Yeah. And it doesn't help that winter is almost here. Cornelius is not having any luck either looking for her on the bumblebee and he's running out of time because if the winter frost happens while he's out here, it could be bad news, right? Yeah. Cornelius manages to find the jitterbugs and he's like, I'm looking for a beautiful young woman and i'm like aren't we all bub okay <laughs> her name is is thumbelina are you
1: the fairy prince oh, i am thumbelina is gone gone where where did you go the beetle took her away what they're out there somewhere
0: she she's out there In that? There's a big toad after her, too. Meanwhile, Grundle has managed to learn about the beetle kidnapping Thumbelina, right? Mm. And he's already found the beetle and is interrogating him about her whereabouts. And this part makes me bust. You know, when animation and sound design come together in a perfect (laughs) way and it makes you howl. (laughs) Grundle is kicking the shit out of the beetle And the beetle is trying to get out of this alive So he's about to suggest Using Cornelius as bait To set a trap for Thumbelina And the mere suggestion that this would work Because Thumbelina is in love with the prince Makes Grundle pound him into the dirt And the noise Gilbert Gottfried makes
1: (laughs) I got an idea
0: I hear that she loves the fairy prince,
1: right? Ah! 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 I (laughs) crush
0: fairy prince. Okay, okay, shut up and listen. Oh my god! And then Grundle promptly takes his wings away until he can deliver the prince. Which, as Beetle will point out in a few minutes, doesn't make sense. Wouldn't he make a better fairy hunter if he had the use of his wings? Also, he thinks he can get his wings back and just reattach them It is. Uh, I with all the scotch tape that's laying around in the wilderness? Carrie, have you not been fucking listening? <laughs> Anything is possible if you follow your fucking heart. But the beetle don't have one. You know that. Oh, no. Giacomo is literally going to poke a sleeping bear. <laughs> yeah. Giacomo is trying to question a hibernating bear about the location of the Vale of the Fairies, when winter starts, right? I wrote, winter is here. by Giacomo! (laughs) Like, all at once. Icicles come down from the trees. Everything's cold. And I just, oh, man. Giacomo's gonna have a very tough time from here on out because the cold winter wind is making his wing hurt and he's gonna get stuck out here, guys. I'm just letting you know. Cornelius also runs into trouble when Busby the Bumblebee crashes and Cornelius falls into the pond. Yeah. And I love these animation stills because he's like, oh shit, oh shit, gotta get out of here. And he is almost to the surface. He gets one fingy out of the water. <gasps> and then the water freezes over the way i froze with cornelius in shock yeah i was like oh no <laughs> is he dead yeah i have oh and, and then the way his forget me not necklace falls on top of the frozen water and blows away oh. oh my god see you do feel things shut the fuck up <laughs> Also, it was very, very, very easy Uh for Berkeley to immediately find him frozen in the pond. Yeah, it takes Beetle and his boys no less than 10 seconds. It's scary. It's 15 seconds later. Yeah, it is. (laughs) That he finds him after he freezes in the pond. I'm like, well, that was fast. Yeah. You know why? (laughs) Because it's all happening right outside her home! Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And like the Beatles carve him out of the pond, frozen in a block of ice. And I love this line. There's just something about the way Gilbert Godfrey delivers it.
1: Hey, Beetle! This guy's the Prince. The Prince. Ah, the Prince! Somebody up there loves me. The Prince. Okay. Oh, uh, you pick him up. Let's get out of this stinking weather before we're statistics. <laughs> <laughs>
0: before with statistics. Also, you can also catch the way the beetle is being casually racist about toads. Yeah. <laughs> as they're yeah. walking this ice block away. He's like, I got all of my talent and I gotta talk to toads. I don't know what to say to a toad and I'm like. What does that mean y- Berkeley? Yeah, yeah, no. My god. Uh, elsewhere, Thumbeline is trying to get out of the cold. The crying in the sock in the old shoe has my soul in two. Yeah. Oh, you rhymed. I did. How very nice. Yeah, she crawls into old boot wraps herself in a dirty sock and begins to sob again i i wrote thumbelina is a victim and all of society has failed her you're so right like the dorothy of it all no I'm, I'm frightened annie i'm frightened now i'll never get home yeah oh i hate it and you know what i even find myself feeling for poor thumbelina's selfish mother <laughs> And for her lovely little reprise of whatever it is. It's called Soon. Soon. This is the Soon reprise. Because she's at home just, you know, wringing her hands and hoping that someone will save her kid. And this is where I wrote, ma'am, did you try walking outside and, I don't know, calling her name? She's right there. I know, I know. She's right outside. Maybe she did that already and we just didn't get to see it. This is what happens when you selfishly create thumb people. (laughs) they get lost in the world and can't fend for themselves oh no Ooh. emotions that come through while watching this. I just can't get over the fact that she's not out there in the snow looking for her kid. Why do the color scheme of the animals keep changing? Because of the lighting. We we cannot keep having this conversation. I don't. Okay, <laughs> Thumbelina wakes up in another strange place. I wrote, oh, perfect Carol Channing Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> she just keeps getting kidnapped, bud. Carrie, no, that's the thing. At first, I'm delighted. Ms. Ms. Field Mouse? I like Mrs. Field Mouse. I was like, oh, thank God. Finally, someone who's actually helped her. Someone who has brought her in from the cold, saved her very tiny life. Yeah. (laughs) From dying of frostbite. Making her food and keeping her warm. And I'm like, okay, we're safe here. She was not. Yeah, cause like this, first of all, Mrs. Fieldmouse knows everything about her already, and I sus! I don't understand how she knows every everything about her already. She even knows that she was engaged to the fairy prince. That is so sad. What?
1: That he was found stone cold frozen dead in the snow. No. But of course, you knew that. No. No. Cornelius? No. I'm so sad. Oh, it's not true. No!
0: She also thinks it's a good idea to tell Thumbelina that the fairy prince is frozen to death. (gasps) She tells her is dead and I wrote, bitch? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And the way Thumbelina starts to sob and Miss Fieldmouse just wants to blow right by that, like the hell with her emotions, right? Yeah, she, She's she, already trying to move well, her on. There'll be another man. It'll be fine, darling. And speaking of another man, how about the one right down the tunnel from me, yeah, right? Yeah, let's go visit Mr. Mole. Take him corn cakes. Yeah, Mr. Mole loves his corn cakes. And like, I just... Mr. I... Mole is indeed a mole. He's very rich. He mm. has stolen a great amount of jewels and money from the surface world. Yeah, miserly is the word that comes to mind. <laughs> I also wrote, oh no, now she's blaming herself. Yeah. Because she's like, Cornelius was out looking for me. Yeah. And he died. It's so sad. And she's like, all right, I'll go visit Mr. Mole with <laughs> you. And when we go to visit Mr. Mole, I love this line. How do you do, Miss LaMolina? Pleased make your acquaintance.
1: Uh, how, how do you do, Mr. Mole? Come in, come in. I don't touch anything. These are my things. We brought some corn cakes for you.
0: Just you try one, Mr. Mole. Ooh. Come in, come in and don't touch anything. These are my things. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so we're possessive. Yeah, Ms. Field Fieldmouse. Is into Mr. Mole? I wrote, Why does Field Mouse want to keep Mole pleased? Yeah. It, is it because rich? It, she loves to make him happy. And I have the same question. I'm not sure if it's a genuine affection or if it's because he has all these rich things in his hidey hole. Mm-hmm. Like he's a very eligible rich bachelor. And because he's blind, Ms. Field Mouse wants, her, wants Thumbelina to sing to Mr. Mole to make him happy because he loves sweet things. Mm -hmm. And this is so obnoxious. She gets up there and she starts to try and tell a story, Thumbelina does. And Ms. Field Mouse is like, you have to sing. And, oh my God, this is noted on the soundtrack as the Let Me Be Your Wings reprise, which I'm sorry is horseshit. The only thing this has in common with that song is the tune like the lyrics don't reference it at all and like she's so sad ross she's working through her cornelius emotions right now Mm -hmm. talking about how there once was the sun right cornelius was her son the center of her universe (sighs) and now the sun is gone because it's winter I gotta be honest, Ross. That makes me think of you. Like, and your your uh seasonal depression and all that stuff. The way you hate, how gray it is, and how depressing it is, and uh-oh, you felt something again and you're mad about it. The sun is too far away. It is too far away. You know it's not far away though. What? Thumbelina's fucking house! <laughs> Anyway, anyway. And so after she's done singing, Mr. Mole wants to play show and tell with Ms. Fieldmouse and Thumbelina. He wants to show her the dead bird that fell inside his den. I went, oh, Giacomo's dead. Yeah, no. (laughs) Mr. Mole's literally like, you want to see a dead body? And takes them to the spot where Giacomo is lying unconscious with that thorn in his wing. And Thumbelina's beside herself. Chucklemore, my dear, dear friend.
1: Tender little thing. Yes, quite lovely. Miss Fieldmouse, could I have a word with you? I wish you would. Miss Fieldmouse, you know I have been meaning to take a wife for some time now. What a lovely idea.
0: So, while Thumbelina is comforting... Dead Giacomo. (laughs) Comforting the unconscious Giacomo, um, this is where Mr. Mole tries to get Ms. Fieldmouse to convince Thumbelina to marry him. Because you know it's going to take some convincing, right? Yeah, no. Fieldmouse will now take on the role of trafficker. Yeah! Thumb trafficker. This is the second time Thumbelina's been trafficked in this movie. I wrote, is no one in this movie good but Thumbelina? (laughs) And here's another couple things about this exchange. Number one, we now have a fourth man scheming after Thumbelina, right? A fourth! She's only interested in the fairy prince, but once again, she's going to be lusted after for her beauty and for her voice. I can't do a Carol Channing number right now. Oh, no, hold on, hold on. We'll get there in a second. I can't. We'll get there. I can't do it. And, like, number two, why is Ms. Fieldmouse so interested in money? Sounds like she's a trafficker to me. Well, I like, she lives underground. How, how valuable could money possibly be down here? How much money, how much, how much could money possibly be valuable to a fucking mole? I, I, but that doesn't make sense either. Yeah. It would be one thing if they were crows, right? Crows like shiny things. Okay. But this makes no sense. So Thumbelina tells Giacomo she'll come back for him later, and goes with Mrs. Fieldmouse back to her den. I can't do it. We're not going to do it just yet, okay? Not just yet, because meanwhile the Beetle is returning to Grundle with Cornelius. He's reporting back that not only does he have the prince, but he knows where Thumbelina is being held right now in by the mole underground. And instead of giving him his wings back. Grundle now wants his help rescuing Thumbelina and the Beatles like hell no, you know what he does to Beatles? Mm. What's going on? Where are we going?
1: we we'll go rescue Thumbelina from the mole.
0: Mole, Are you out of your
1: mind? I'm not going down there. You know what that guy does to Beatles? Do you have any idea what he does? He stops them. He stuffs him and he pins him on his wall. Quiet! Look, why don't you just go home and marry a toad? You ever think about that? You find yourself a pretty toad with warts and you marry her.
0: I just love Gilbert Gottfried's voiceover performance. The way he's always like, hey, hey, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I'm honestly just going to tell you I was mostly blocking it out. <laughs> because I'm scared of him. I know. The way he's jumping over his eyes. I don't like it, Carrie. <laughs> New sleep paralysis demon acquired. Ugh. Oh, man. So they walk away from the block of ice with Cornelius frozen inside. It's not like he's going anywhere, right? And the jitterbugs come upon him and are gonna try and get him out, right? Yeah, melt him out. I love. See, the jitterbugs are helpful. You've been very hard on all the characters they in this let movie. Her get they let her get taken. They let her get taken. They're little bugs, buddy. What were they supposed to do? Band together. Okay. I don't let shit like that happen to people. You let one ant stand up to us and they all might stand up. Mm. Anyway, now we've come to marry the mole. The only thing I recognize from this movie. This is the song. Cause you'll sing it in the car sometime. I will. I will sing it in the car sometime. <laughs> Miss Fieldmouse is trying to convince Thumbelina to marry the mole. Literally. Marry the mole. I cannot believe this is the work of best-selling artist Barry Manilow. Here comes the bride is a lovely little ditty
1: but marrying for love is a foolish thing to do cause love won't pay the the mortgage or put porridge in your bowl. Dearie,
0: marry the mole. I wrote this song won a Razzie for the worst song, and I'm like, oof, that must sting, Barry. I mean, I it's the only one that I was like really into. Like. You're kidding me. Not even let me be your wings. I you- mean, I was I mean, that was like happening very, very fast. I was too scared for the Beatle thing. <laughs> I was too distraught for all of the bug people okay. just singing at her and not helping her. Like, I, I don't know. And the thing that I love most about it is that it randomly becomes a burlesque tune like in the last 15 seconds of yeah. the song. Yeah, it's Manilow. Marry them Moe! It's, it's Manilow and it's Carol Channing. Yeah, so baby. There's no way it wasn't becoming that. Jerry, marry the Moe.
1: the mole is for money oh
0: L-E. this is the moment that Gavin thought it was appropriate to tell me that moles have barbed nether regions and he was like she's gonna have to uh, watch stop, out stop, I'm stop, like, stop 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 stop. <laughs> What? Yes, moles have barbed, uh, barbed members. Excuse me? Yeah, no, seriously. Barbed penises. Yes. Like ducks have screw penises. Yes, yes, they do. That's so unpleasant. I know, isn't it? Especially ev- for lady moles. Yeah, isn't evolution disgusting? Why barbed? I don't know. Well, then why would you tell me that if you didn't have an explanation? Mainly to haunt you, honestly. <laughs> Because if I have to know it, you have to know it too, all right? Welcome to the club. You're terrible for suggesting this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I love this movie so much. Keep going, please. It's in my blood! Thumbelina goes back to Giacomo that night with a blanket, and she's just kind of talking to his unconscious body about how, you know, if she can't have Cornelius anymore... Maybe she should just go ahead and marry the mole. It's not like she thinks she's ever going to get home again. Why would she? Per your entire argument, no one has helped her. And When she, she kneels down by him uh-huh. and says, I'm so sorry for all of the trouble I have caused you. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the trouble I've caused you.
1: I know now there's no place in this big world for little people. We... We cannot do impossible things.
0: Perhaps I should marry the mole. But even the notion, like just her mentioning aloud, that she might marry this mole, it completely rouses him from his stupor. Yeah, no, he revives, and then He's... I know. She He's... pulls the thorn out of her... Th- yeah, he. she has to do it, though. He can't do it himself. He doesn't have fingers, Rock. He couldn't fly her home, but she has to take the thorn out of him? I know, I know. And he jumps to life with a renewed sense of urgency, because he doesn't know anything about Cornelius being gone, right? And she is trying to tell him, and he is not listening.
1: Get on my back! Get on my back! I will take you to the Green Forest! Be realistic! Cornelius <laughs> is gone! I, I will find him! Shakamo!
0: No, <laughs> Remember what? Shakamo! No, should don't, do don't, impossible don't. Stop! Stop it, Shakamo! You your heart! <laughs> bon voyage, mon ami! Chocomol. Bon voyage! Chocomol. Wait, you're shuddering with rage over there? I hate Giacomo. I know, I he's know. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's almost like I'm blaming Giacomo because he's the narrator. Yeah. It's I'd like he's putting her in this situation so he can have a story to tell. I know, but the narrator doesn't write the story. He just tells the story, Okay. <laughs> Ah! He's so angry. I'm about out of notes. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. You probably got too angry I to see literally straight. Literally, keep going. Okay. All when right. she goes, oh, Giacomo, stop torturing me. I'm like, yeah, yes. <laughs> Chef's so, kiss. Literally. So the jitterbugs have built a little campfire underneath the block of ice <laughs> to try and free Cornelius from the ice block. And he's slowly starting to melt, right? Yeah. And not a moment too soon because a five, six, seven, eight Thumbelina's about to marry the mole. Oh, no. We're marrying John Hurt. Hurd. God oh, no. Uh, can we talk about the fit and the hairstyle for a second? I'm sorry. The wedding scene is making me laugh the way it's animated. Like, yeah? Anyway, yeah. Well, her fit- I'm sorry, your hair's a different color. You think it's a different color? It's lighter. Okay. It's not orange anymore. All right. But, like, the way it's split into pigtails, her hair's so long, right? She looks the worst she has the whole time. Well, she's also incredibly sad, bud. She's about to marry someone she doesn't love. We're not talking about her face. We're talking about her fit. Okay, all right. A- am I right or all You're, am I right? you're like... right. The way these, these pigtails are segmented, and they almost look like bug feelers, right? Yeah. And she's walking down the aisle, and she's sobbing. And this is where I need to tell you that this movie ends so quickly. I, I know. So t- I, I know. try to stay with me here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put my phone down. Okay. you going to just let me carry you through this? Um, I wrote, I'm at my wit's end here. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I was like... She is walking down the aisle and still daydreaming about Cornelius. She gets up to the altar and is seeing his dreamy, handsome face and the melted wax and the candle. Oh, my heart. Do you
1: take this uh, mole to be your lawful, wedded uh, husband? Do not, Do forget, not forget me. me. <sighs> Forget-me-nots. Oh, I'll, I'll never, never forget, forget you. you. Never. never. Never, never. Speak up. Never.
0: What? Never. And, like, the thing is, is there's not even time to argue about it. Mm-hmm. Because at that moment, Grundle the Toad crashes through the ceiling. Which ceiling? Oh yeah I know. We're underground. Oh no the toad's here. Oh the toad is here and she is sick of him she's not even stopping to listen to him talk about it. Yeah yeah. She's just like no I know Mary you I am going home. (laughs) (laughs) She's sick of it. She's as sick of it as you are I'm glad she fucking took (laughs) shit by the brains like (laughs) finally. She's like fuck this shit I'm out. I'm glad she's Finally, sick of it. Like. And of course, the beetle is here too. Speaking of being sick of things, he's trying to keep her from leaving the wedding hall, but she just blows right past him too, leaves the den. She's gonna try and escape to the surface. Yeah, through his jewelry hole. Yeah, stop. Please do not call it a jewelry <laughs> hole. Stone hole? Rock hole? <laughs> Think of all the ways that you could decorate a hole. <laughs> Deary, marry the mole. I'm sorry. Please, I know. Please, fuck off. <laughs> I'm prolonging. I'm prolonging this, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this is where the jitterbugs show up with Cornelius, right? Indeed, in the nick of time, and he sees Grundle going after Thumbelina, and he draws his sword. It's very um, uh, it's very Errol Flynn, like uh, my little adolescent heart. I remember it so well. Thumbelina. See, buddy, That's the Toad we've been telling you about! We meet at last, Mr.
1: Toad! Very <laughs> Prince! No! Ah! You
0: killed
1: him! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Grundle disarms Cornelius, right? Almost immediately, Almost like... Almost immediately. It's a little embarrassing, Cornelius, and... Cor- he tries to walk past Cornelius, like literally walk over him, and Cornelius grabs him by his froggy ankles, and they trip and fall over the edge of that bridge into the nothing. I'm like, what's down there? We're underground. And like, he's like Mines of Moria shit. Like- yeah, like he's the Balrog <laughs> and took Cornelius down with him. Yeah, the Balfrog. The Balfrog, you're fired. <laughs> Oh, my God! <laughs> fly, you fools! Mm. Mm.
1: Let me go! Mm. Ah.
0: Tumbelina! Ah. And yeah, Cornelius just disappears into the darkness. He, he can fly. He's gonna be fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> what kind of death fake-out is this? Yeah, he no. can fly! Sorry. Meanwhile, the rest of the wedding guests are chasing Thumbelina out of the mole's hole, and she's climbing up this mountain of gold and jewels to get to this hole where the sunlight is coming through, right? The jewelry hole. Yeah. Oh, stop it. The treasure hole? That's worse somehow. Treasure hole? Obviously, she's kicking things down after her as she climbs up, and they're still trying to clamor after her. And I know this is not what happens, but I want her to turn around over her shoulder and scream, Would you people just kindly let me live! For Christ's sakes, Princess Diana had less difficulty trying to exist! Does anyone care what I think? Remember that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And no. No. They don't. But she evades everyone and crawls out of that hole into the winter sun and Ross's favorite character is here, Giacomo! His head is in his hands. He's not looking at me. Slap that hoe. I <laughs> like, I... There's only five minutes left, bud. Just just, just hang in there for a second. Stupid fucking songbird. Like, I'm so mad, Carrie. I know you I'm are. I'm so mad on Thumbelina's behalf. Yeah, I... justice for Thumbelina. Because this is where he finally is going to fly her somewhere. He's finally found the veil of the fairies. He couldn't take her. Oh, Ross is standing up. He's leaving. He can't. He can't hang. (laughs) Carrie, I can't believe it. I know. The way my head turned upside down. Yeah. Did you think you were going to? When this began to happen. I know. And so, yeah, he's flying her to the Vale of the Fairies. And she's, again, she's kidnapped for like the third time. And like the whole journey, she's trying to tell him that this isn't going to work because Cornelius is not alive. He is D-E-D dead. And Giacomo plops her down in a patch of frozen weeds. And for reasons that make no sense, he encourages her to sing. You
1: will be my wings. You will be my only love. You
0: will take me far beyond the stars. I'm sorry, well why are we doing this now? This movie is all over the place (laughs) in terms of plot. Okay, but listen, Ross, this is my favorite part, okay? Oh, because the singing is thawing the winter? Yeah, she's singing- The shortest winter on record. Yeah, no, it feels like this happened over three days, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, this is the Let Me Be Your Wings reprise. Mm -hmm. And as she's singing, the ice is melting and flowers are starting to grow up from the ground, I'm going to come back to this in a second. Sure, whatever. Because something weird is about to happen that doesn't really make sense. So she turns to Giacomo and she says, this is stupid. Just take me home. Stop torturing me. Literally. And the moment that Cornelius heroically appears lights up a part of my heart that I hardly use anymore. That really childlike feeling of being so full of love you might actually faint.
1: Practical. This isn't the veil of the fairies, and Cornelius is never coming back And I'll never let you fall You, it's you
0: Cornelius, you're alive! Oh my god. Oh, I'm a mess. I'm a puddle. The way she's like, it's you. And, like, come on, Ross. You've got to feel a little bit in that moment. They don't know each other, Carrie. Okay! <laughs> Neither does any 16-year-old. He, he has spent this entire plot being Daphne Blake. Being Daphne Blake? Yes. Being kidnapped? Uh, yes, like, <laughs> they both have. They have, like, really. I...
1: Bumbelina,
0: will you marry me? guys, when I was a kid, I just kind of always assumed that through fairy magic, Cornelius gave her wings. Uh-huh. Yeah, because she all of a sudden has wings. Yeah, she goes, I have wings! Yeah. But here's the thing. I think she's been a fairy this whole time for two reasons. Number one, mm-hmm. do you remember the illustration of the witch that gave the mom, the barleycorn? I do. She's described as a witch, but she really looks more like a big fairy. Mm-hmm. Like the blue fairy from Pinocchio. And then, at the same time, why is the singing making spring come? Oh, yeah. You're right, Carrie. You're right. Yeah, the singing does make the the, the season change, and the fairies are notorious for being able to affect the seasons. Because she is 16, So, if, if, you know, I don't know how fairies come into adolescence. Well, they're obviously born from barley flour corn, or (laughs) barley corn flour, or whatever. Yeah, and so, maybe this is just the age when you get your wings. Maybe Cornelius hasn't had his wings very long. I don't know if boys develop earlier or not, but... (laughs) Oh my god, so yeah, she, she's a fairy now. Not only does she get to be around people who are her size... She has wings now. And then I love it because we cut to the wedding scene and it's it's taking place over the creek, right outside the farmhouse. Mother and all of the barn animals are just crouched over the creek watching them get married. They're walking down the aisle on a rainbow. Can you stand it? I know. I just love it. I bet mom's the first human to ever have that privilege. Witness a fairy marriage. <laughs> say, because I know what you're about to do. Whatever, just, what are you going to say? You're about to pick this apart, and in my defense, I will say that this was just, you know, like I said, it altered my brain chemistry. This helped form who I am today, why I'm not exactly sure. It has a lot to do with that song, Let Me Be Your Wings, Mm -hmm. because it just, it makes... It inspired those romantic feelings in you. Yeah, and and it's just like, every time I fell in love... That was a song I came back to. Okay. So it's associated with a lot of good feelings for me. It's also very funny, and I love the way it looks. But at this time, I will now allow you to summarize no, yeah. why you didn't love it. That's all really sweet, Carrie, and I love that for you. We will now hear closing arguments in, <laughs> is this a romance or not? Okay. Uh, the judge presiding are the listeners. Um <laughs> I am the plaintiff. Yes. And you are the defendant. Gotcha. Um, Thumbelina is not a romance. Okay. It's a true crime story. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Not true crime, but a fiction crime. It's like an episode of SVU. Yeah. No, listen. um, Thumbelina was a victim of uh, human trafficking or fairy trafficking, I guess. Fairy Um, trafficking. Listen, um, society failed her. (laughs) Um, She was kidnapped. Four times she was um, three or four times, and no one helped her. Yeah. No one adequately did, and I think people who should be charged with the crime in this case include her mother um, for gross neglect. Yeah, for gross neglect. Um, I think that fairy government has a part to play in this. Uh, giving Prince Cornelius his role, I think that uh, Berkeley Beetle and Grundle the Toad and Charo, yeah, the bug people. And um, oh, leave, Mrs. Fieldmouse. Leave the bug people out of and it. And Mr. Mole. Also for uh, yeah, uh, forced marriage is yeah. an element of this tragedy and this crime. Mm-hmm. Also kidnapping, wrongful imprisonment. I think there should be a crime for forcing someone to perform. Oh yeah, like they're a trained monkey. slave labor. Sla- oh, there sla- you go, slave labor. There it is. I'm not gonna call it slavery, but yeah, it's it, you know yeah, it's forced labor with no um with no pay. The romantic subjects, the prince and Thumbelina, um, they do not know each other. They spend most of the film apart. I understand. With him looking for her in a deadly approaching winter. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, no, this was a crime, what happened to Thumbelina.
1: Um, It
0: was wrong. She does not feel romance except for at the very beginning and at the very end. All of the middle is a survival story. (laughs) Because she's being trafficked across the creek bed just outside her house. Yeah, I know. And Giacomo. Yeah? Giacomo. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) Listen, Carrie. Uh Uh-huh. You're right. I need to get over myself. Uh Uh-huh. It's a kid's movie. Yeah. I will concede that. It is a kid's movie. It's not a romance. All right. We'll just have to agree. Happy to Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Here. Valentine's Guys, Day. Guys, I'm kidding. I, it's, it's a fine movie. It, it is splendid and the music is nice, but I understand why it bombed. I understand why it bombed, but I'm glad it holds a special place in your heart and I'm glad we've covered it because that was fun. It was That was a fun coverage. I am not going to lie, as mad as I was and still am on Thumbelina's behalf. <sighs> that was still a lot of fun. Hashtag justice for Thumbelina. Justice for thumb people! <laughs> or fairies, yeah, or whatever. She is a fairy. Come back when I was a wee thumb and didn't have me wings, you know? <laughs> uh, ah! Sada, I hope you're listening. And yeah. I, if you're mad at me for being mad, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a <laughs> You're not my supervisor! <laughs> All right. I just became Cheryl. Yeah, you did. I can't breathe. <laughs> we have to get this done. Oh, my God. <sighs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us for that whatever that was. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but we've got a couple. We've got a couple more romantic subjects coming for you. I say more yeah. romantic subjects coming for you this month. What are we covering next week? Next week we are covering the 1994. Same year. Yeah, it is the same year. <laughs> Didn't do that on purpose. The Kenneth Branagh adaptation of Mary Shelley's. Frankenstein go ahead listeners <laughs> spin your head like tops try and wrap your head around it because I sure as fuck can't listen I'm just gonna give it away now I think Frankenstein is a love story and I plan fully on making my case I will make my case bud just the longing way I'm looking at her to see reason <laughs> <laughs> So, look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, if you want to hear us argue about movies some more, practice the three R's rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. <laughs> we can't. We want everyone to come and join this little watch party. I just want to say I'm sorry I yelled. No, it's okay. And I'm sorry I, I won't yell as much next week. Hey, next week's a really good movie. It is know. a very, very good movie. Not more quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, <laughs> sorry mom. Sorry mom.